So anyways, we're doing a series right now called This is the Way, uh, based on little baby Yoda. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's taking over the internet. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, um, we're doing a series on uh, This is the Way, and it's really to explain uh, the, our heart, uh, the, the vision of which we want to see happen in all of the people that attend here. And, um, and so we have four things that we want to see happen in everyone's life that attends our church. And so we want you to, to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover purpose, and we want you to make a difference. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover purpose and make a difference. And so these are the four things that we're really centering around what we're doing. And so we're going to take each week and go over each of these things. And, uh, and here's what I've learned about, about uh, these four things. Uh, I, you can be a believer for 836 years um, and, and still trip over principles that are basic. And so uh, sometimes we can be a believer forever and forget about finding freedom. Sometimes we can be a believer forever and forget about making a difference. Sometimes we can be a believer forever, according to Scripture, and forget about knowing God. And, uh, and so uh, this week we want to talk about knowing God, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Based on uh, the statement, this is the way, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is found in John chapter 17. Jesus is praying, and, uh, and he says this in John 17, 3. He says, and this is the way. Woohoo! to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one that you sent. What I love about Jesus saying this, if you don't know, this is Jesus praying. It's kind of odd, this verse, if you, if, if you can see it. Something weird is happening here. Jesus is praying to the Father, and he's talking in third person. Uh, it's because he is the only person in the world that is three people, okay? And so uh, he's, the Holy Spirit is praying through him in this moment, and the disciples are hearing it, and they're recording this prayer. And Jesus is saying, hey, look, this father, and he's crying out right before he's going to go to the cross, this beautiful prayer. This is the way to the eternal life, to know God, to know God, to know God, to know God. What I've learned about my relationship with Jesus is that knowing God looks different in different seasons, He's always the same God. We prayed it earlier, and there's another in the fire. I've learned that there's rhythms of Christianity that look different in each season. Sometimes your kids are leaving the nest. Sometimes it just seems like, man, God, I've never been here before with you before. And it just seems like God is interacting with you differently than he has ever before in your life. This is what God does. This is who he is. And it's important that you understand that sometimes he's going to change. He's going to flip the script on you just to get your attention. And it's healthy for you to slow down and not assume that God is leading you the same way he's always led you because the Lord moves in different directions and sometimes now we're going a different direction. The way that you pray is gonna sound differently in the next season. The way that you read the Bible is gonna look differently in the next season. The way that you interact with other people, it's gonna look differently because life is changing. And it's going to change if you're entering into a new relationship with someone. It's going to change if you've got children. It's going to change if your kids are leaving the nest. It's going to change if you've got a new job. Rhythm of life and the rhythm of the way you interact with Jesus is going to change. And it's important that you understand that knowing God will look differently. Every week during this series, we're going to go over another person. Today, we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul and uh, what it looked like for him to know God. I'm going to, if you would, uh, maybe, uh, we, I don't do this a whole lot, but I like it when, when, when we do it. If, uh, would you do me a favor? Well, everyone in this room, will you stand with me? I want to read the, the, the verses uh, of uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. And this is out of the New King James translation. And uh, what, what happens is uh, here, this is Paul's 
conversion. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found anyone who were of the way... Uh, the followers, the early followers of Jesus were called followers of the way. And, uh, and so that um, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus and suddenly a light shone from around him from heaven and he fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. And then the men who journey, um, and then we'll stop there. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, this only works if you come. Would you speak to your people today? In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. I don't know how much background you know about the Apostle Paul, but in this translation, what it appears is that the Apostle Paul uh, believes in his life that he is serving the Lord. And uh, I feel kind of bad for the Apostle Paul because of the Lord in his life took a hard right in one day. Everything that he knew about who the Lord was turned on its head in just a few moments. This can happen to a lot of people. If you get a call from the doctor, you get a, a call from a, a first responder, something happens in your life that tests everything you've ever known can happen in a moment. And all of a sudden, God, where are you and what are you doing in my life? This happened to Paul in a radical way. Let me give you a little background before we jump back into this verse. The Apostle Paul um, was known as Saul. He was a Roman uh, by birth. He was also a Jew by birth. And the scripture says that he was uh, a, a Pharisee of Pharisees, meaning he was born uh, of the line of, of, of Benjamin, of the purest sect. And uh, in this time and in this day, where you were born and who you were born from determined kind of how much stature you had in the culture that you lived in. And the Apostle Paul, Saul, uh, was born of the greatest tribe. He studied under a man named Gamriel, and uh, Gamriel was, was a Pharisee, a Pharisee, a Pharisee of Pharisees, and uh, he was like a big deal, one of the top five teachers of the Jewish law in that culture. In fact, Gamriel was so important that multiple times in the book of Acts, we find him addressing all of the people about how they're going to handle the problems of the followers of the way. And, uh, and so in, 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 this, in this scenario, uh, the Apostle Paul grew up under his teaching. His dad was a big deal. And so what we find in, in Acts chapter 23 is that his father was of the straightest uh, uh, sect of Jews. He was the tribe of Benjamin, and he was pure and unmixed blood. Um, what we find in Philippians chapter 3 verse 5 is Paul says later, I was uh, circumcised on the eighth day, meaning even at birth I was committed to Jesus. And so uh, what he says I, in, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, he says, I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. And I, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. 
He obeyed God with all of his life. Everything inside of him wanted to honor God, wanted to follow God, wanted to serve God. The Apostle Paul committed his life to knowing God, which is why the story in the book of Acts is so crazy. Because in a moment, your life can change. And what's hard is that some people, if we're not careful, we can become religious in our approach to Jesus. And it, religion leaves us with so, so many questions that just seem unanswerable if you're not careful. One of the things that I pray over the people that attend our church and our community and over the body of Christ are four things that I think is imperative for you in a relationship with Jesus. Because this isn't about religion, this is about knowing God. Four things I want you to experience in your relationship with God. One, I want you to know the word. I think it's important, so important, that you know the word. Two, it's important you have God encounters. Some people, there are different, uh, I believe we're getting away from this way of thinking more and more, even in different denominations. But man, if you don't encounter God, is he, is, is he alive? We should all have encounters with God. Because if you have any relationship with any real person, you're going to have encounters with them. Otherwise, you're being catfished. That's over some people's heads. But listen. Three, you need to know his voice. This isn't me saying this. This is Jesus saying this again and again. My sheep know me and they know my voice. Jesus said, my sheep know me and they know my voice. And the fourth is I think that everyone in this room needs to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what's important about all of these things that I'm saying is I'm not talking about a once experience kind of thing. And that's where we go wrong with religion is we think, oh, well, we, we had an experience with God. We're good for the rest of our life. If you're married and you've only been intimate one time, this is not a good, healthy relationship for where you're going. Listen, we don't, we don't know someone because we interacted them once. We know someone when we're constantly interacting with them. Like, how are you doing now? How are you? What are you feeling now? Listen, Jesus is not dead. And what's important about me saying that is it's super healthy for you to not have a relationship with Jesus through me or through 15 years ago. I want you to know the word. I want you to encounter God. I want you to hear his voice. And I want you to receive God's Holy Spirit in your life. And this is how we know him. So the Apostle Paul has this experience with God here where light shones from heaven and he falls off this horse, or I see it as a horse. He fell to the ground. Who knows, maybe he was just walking and it was like he was drunk and you know, did one of those like, you know, fell off a curb kind of thing and bust his head. Anyways, he's laying on the ground and he has this experience with God where God speaks to him. Now, I think there's a couple of things that's important about this. One, if we read this, just this verse and didn't understand the rest of the picture, later on in Acts chapter 23, and if we can go there together, Acts chapter 23, or 22, I'm sorry, verse 9, uh, the Apostle Paul is going to repeat the same story, but now he's going to tell what happened. And, and it says, And that those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke. Why? 
I don't know if you've ever been in a scenario where you're, in, you're, you're trying to experience God's voice in your life and it feels like, like you're shouting, God, you're, everything inside of you is like, God, what do you want me to do? I, I think of this story of Elijah on the backside of the mountain and there was a great earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And there was a great wind, but God wasn't in the wind. And there was a great fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And, and God, where are you and how are you speaking? I, I, this is kind of uh, odd. Teresa, can you come up here for a second? This is spontaneous. Would you take this microphone? This is my beautiful bride, most beautiful girl in every room she walks into. I have a message uh, that I want you guys to hear, and it's only going to come through Teresa. I want you to know that God is speaking to you. But sometimes when God speaks, he's not talking very loudly. He talks in a whisper. So in order for you to hear his voice, you're going to have to get really close to God. And you're going to have to be really quiet. And you're going to have to listen. Or you'll miss his whisper. She said, or you can listen to your wife. <laughs> there is an amen in that scenario right there. But here's what I've learned is that in all of these people that are around the Apostle Paul, none of them heard the Lord speak, but he did. See, everyone knew that God was moving in the room, but no one heard him. Why? It wasn't that God wasn't speaking. It's not that God's not speaking to you in your situation. But God's still small voice. It's not loud. It's so subtle. It's so still. It's so calming, actually. In the midst of craziness, it's crazy how confident God is when he speaks in such a small way. I have to give you some more background on this story of the Apostle Paul and his encounter that he had on the road to Damascus. See, what we find is in this story, the Apostle Paul, I'm going to keep coming back to this verse. I really love it. The Apostle Paul says, the light shone from all around him, and, 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 and he said, Saul why are you persecuting me? And the apostle Paul said, like, who is that? And he said, it's me, the one you're persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? This is a weird one. I'd never seen a goad before. I don't know if you did. Let me show you a goad uh, real quick. This is a goad. And the Lord is saying to the apostle Paul, is it hard for you? To kick this thing. I would say yes, right? Um, I would not want to kick that thing. And now I don't actually know if the Apostle Paul was kicking this thing. Uh, what this thing is, a goad, is what they used to drive uh, sheep or cattle. And basically they would take this thing and they would just touch it on the cattle's backside. And, uh, and it would let them know it's time to move. And they'd move along and they would take these things and they would just touch it on the backside and they would steer cattle in different directions with this thing. And if the Lord is asking the Apostle Paul, is it hard for you to kick this? The Apostle Paul would say probably yes. 
I have to give you a little bit more backstory. The Apostle Paul grew up studying God's Word. I don't know where you are in your life, but I hope that you know God's Word. I hope you don't just know it through a preacher. One of the values of our church is the, is the Word of God. We think it is the most precious possession that anyone owns in this church. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will never end. And so it's important that you understand that this is the most valuable thing that you have. The Bible says the Word of God is like a fire. It's like a hammer. It, 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 it's, it penetrates in, in, into our soul. It divides bone and marrow. It, it, it knows the intents of the heart. The Word of God is super important for everyone in this room. The Apostle Paul knew the Word. He'd studied his whole life. Now, going back just a couple chapters is where the Apostle Saul was introduced into the Bible for the first time. We find a young man named Stephen. Stephen was newly committed to the disciples' team. They called upon Stephen, a man full of faith, a man full of the Holy Spirit. And Stephen gets up in this scenario and he starts preaching the word and he's, he's coming down with it and the people don't like it. And in fact, Stephen's about to be stoned. Um, he's, he's not going to get stoned. He's about to be stoned, okay? That was a joke. Oh, I'm gonna... Welcome to the way. Uh, and so uh, I, got, I got those dad jokes, like little... There it is. Okay, yeah. So uh, the apostle uh, uh, Paul was commissioned by the Pharisees to make sure that they snuff out any of these followers, meaning we want to silence these people because their following is, is getting larger and larger. And so they, uh, they want to make a showing out of Stephen. So they take Stephen under Saul's order, who believes he's honoring God by silencing this guy who's blaspheming. And so this, the Saul who knows the Lord and he knows God's voice and he knows God's word knows that this guy is, is, is preaching heresy. And so they take him out, out of the city and they're about to stone him. And so everyone, the scripture says in Acts chapter six, laid their clothes at Saul's feet who commissioned this order. We find that Saul would do this again and again and again and again as he would ask for the rights to go anywhere and, and find anyone that's preaching and that's following the way and they'd, make, and they'd bring them back to Rome or they'd be sentenced. Back to Jerusalem, I'm sorry. And so Stephen, a man full of faith, standing before Saul, who believed in his life he was following the Lord, who he was honoring the Lord. He wanted to love the Lord in his life. But God... You have to understand, in Saul's life right now, just took a hard right. The whole game changed. Now, everything that they had ever been promised was fulfilled. And Saul was unaware that God was doing a new thing. Sometimes no one calls you to say, hey, look, God's doing a new thing in your life. No one gives you a warning and says, hey, look, I don't know if anyone wants to tell you or if anyone's alerted you or if you've heard from the Lord recently, but God's doing something different in your life now. He's not going to move in your life the way he always has. This is difficult. We walk by faith. And so the, 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 the Saul is standing and all of these people have surrounded Stephen and Stephen prays two prayers. One Saul, who knows the Lord, sees this man, Stephen, who knows the Lord. 
And Stephen looks up and he says, behold, I see someone like the son of man standing at the right hand of God. As he's about to die, these are his last words. Saul looks on and goes, wow. Wow. And then Stephen prays this prayer and he says, Father, forgive them of their sins. What? This dude's about to be killed and he's asking for forgiveness. And, and Saul, he recognizes there's something different about this guy. I, I, I don't know about you. One of the things I love about Saturday morning prayer is being around other believers who, who, who know God differently than me. And I listen to their prayers like my wife or, or Patty or, 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 or a man or some of these people. And as they're praying, it, it like, it, whoa. Sometimes I can't help but just stare at them. Because I don't know God like that. And it's infectious the way it gets in you. And, and Saul is watching someone else who knows God. And I know God. But I don't know that God. There's a confidence beyond a confidence. Like, dude, we're, we're about to kill you and you're praying for me? Hmm, I don't know peace like that. Well, as we fast forward and Jesus is now dialoguing with the apostle, the future apostle, who's lying on the ground, been blinded by some kind of light. And he says, why are you persecuting me? Well, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you're persecuting is it hard for you to kick against the goads? Well, what the vibe that I get from this story is that God had been speaking to Paul again and again and again and again. And so the image I get is Paul's kicking this thing and it hurts. It hurts when he's seeing these people persecuted, but he's got to persecute them because his leaders are telling him, I've got to. Like, hey, look, if you want to be great, Paul, you got to silence these people. All right, I'm going to silence another one. All right, I'm going to go arrest another one. All right, we're going to stop this because this is what's going to honor God. But every time he gets around these people, this don't make sense to me. It's like God's moving in a different way. I've never seen this before. It's like something new is happening in my life. And it's almost like everyone he's arresting is killing him. Because a little bit of what's going on inside of them is going on inside of him. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? I'd ask you this. In this room, here's what I know is that I, I'm praying for every person in this church and I want everyone in this room to know God's word. Why it's important for you to know God's word is because when the season of your life that you're in changes, the only thing that's gonna make sense is God's word. The apostle Paul knew more than 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in his life. And all of a sudden, every prophecy that he's ever known about the one that's to come is unfolding in his life. And when God makes a hard right and your life changes, we can't blame God. God's the one that's leading us through this thing. And when you begin to see the prophecies and God's saying, wait a second, you, you went through all of this pain and suffering with all of these other people. Oh, this is, I'm supposed to be right where I am right now. Don't quit your job. Press through it. Don't walk out on that marriage. Press through it. Don't quit the season you're in. Persevere. It happened to everyone who was great in the word of God. He's with you in the fire. Yeah. 
And we see it because we know God's word. I want you all to have, not just know God's word, but I want you to have a God encounter. You gotta have an experience in your life where God gets on side of you and you know that you know that you know that you know. I've never felt anything like this before. Man, the way God's moving on my life right now, it's like I can run through a wall. It's like I can jump over a building. It's like, man, God, I'm free. I, am, I know that we can do anything together. I love when I'm reading the word. I want to go back just for a second. You know what I love about reading the word? I read stuff every day. I'll read news articles, ESPN stats. I'll read stuff, weird stuff every day. Nothing gets inside of me like the word of God. When you read the Bible, it's, it transcends thousands of years and starts talking to who you are, where you're at, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to react in this situation. Nothing speaks to us like the holy word of God. And then I want you to know his voice. And it's crazy to me how Paul is in a situation where he's surrounded by other people and no one else can hear his voice. Do you know God? Do you know him? I'm not talking about someone that's dead. I'm talking about someone that's alive. I'm talking about someone that has a call of God on your life. I'm talking about someone that wants to lead you, not to church today, but tomorrow to your missions place, which is your job. Mm. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? I, I, what I'm thinking about today is that I know that there are people here today that um, you're in sin. There's something that's happening in your life on a daily basis. Your pastor's not calling you a sinner, but the Lord is saying, hey, God, hey, whoa, whoa. Is it hard to keep doing this? I'm talking to you about it again and again. If it hurts, why are you still doing it? Why don't you just trust me that I know a better way than you do and stop doing this? And yet we return to it and it hurts again. And we return to it and it hurts again. And it's like in our marriage, we're, we're, we're screaming at each other and God's saying, I want you to shut up. But marriage is getting harder and harder because we're, we're kicking against the goad. And he's talking to you. He's leading you at work. He's telling you to, to be humble and just put your head down. And no, but we just keep kicking it. And we just keep kicking it. And we just keep kicking it. And God's in our life right now saying, stop kicking the goad. It hurts you. Don't do it anymore. Follow me. I'm trying to lead you. And if it hurts you, stop doing it. If you're the problem, a wise man once told me, you're the solution. <laughs> it's a fantastic scenario, you know? Like, I broke it, I could fix it. Stop doing it. Does that make sense? I want you to know God. 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 I want you to know God in the different seasons that you're in, in the different moments that you're in, in the different encounters that you're in. I want you to know the one that walks with you in the fire. Last couple verses. Rachel, would you come? I'm going to reread that verse to you found in John chapter 17. And uh, this is the way the New King James would read it. And this is eternal life, that they would know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is eternity, knowing God. There is nothing bigger in all of the world than knowing God. 
I'm sorry if some of you have been sold like a religion where knowing God you did and now you're done. But when you're knowing God, there is nothing more beautiful, more sexy, more attractive, more lovely, more like, man, this is what I want to know. I want to know his wisdom. I want to know his strength. I want to know his power. I want to know his wisdom. I want to know, like, there is nothing more attractive in all of the world than knowing God. What else is there? A person? So uh, here's, a, here's a cool verse I want to read you real quick. And this one, uh, this one hurts me pretty hard. This is like of all, the, all of the Bible verses in the Bible that I don't like. Thank you, sorry. Um, of all of the Bible verses in the whole Bible that I don't like, this is the one that I like the least. I wish that I could take this one out because it scares me. Jesus is talking. Remember, the Apostle Paul never met Jesus. So we're on the same playing field as him. It's not like Peter, James, and John where they're talking about Jesus and they got to meet him. Paul didn't. So his knowing God is on the same playing field as us. I am no different because I'm a pastor. The Lord is pursuing you just as hard as he's pursuing me. This is uh, Matthew. uh, uh, And uh, it's found in verse 22. And Jesus says this. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? Weren't we on a serve team? Weren't we in a connect group? Didn't we come every week to church and help out? Yeah. But I will declare to them, I, I don't know you. Depart from me. How terrible would it be for us to have attended church our whole life and never encountered with God? Never interacted with him. Not have a dialogue or a relationship with him. I, 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 it would be awful of me to get you this far to the one yard line and never introduce you to your savior who is talking to you every day of your life. Man, it is the most terrifying thing in the world for, for, uh, to, to know that what if God said, Tim, yeah, you preach great messages, but you never talk to me. Tim, you were so great. You, yeah, you, you talked about me. You read all these things, but you, 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 we, me and you never interacted. Depart from me. I don't actually know you. Do you know God? Do you know his word? Does his word speak to you? Do you? Have you encountered God? Do you know his voice? And lastly, have you received his Holy Spirit? This is what I pray over our church on a weekly basis. Do you know his word? Have you encountered him? Have you heard his voice? Have you received his Holy Spirit? And I'm not talking about 20 years ago or six weeks ago. I'm talking about now in your life. Last verse I want to read to you real quick. It says this. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Search for me, not a church, not a religion, not a sermon or a podcast or a worship team or a cool song. Jesus. 
God, I want an encounter with you. 